This is Texas Storytellers. I'm Terry Woods. I'm Mark Hader. And by the way, this is brought to you by uh, Woodlands Online, and that's probably where you're watching this thing right now. Yeah. Uh, Terry, we are Texas Storytellers, and I think you ought to tell them something about what the sand hill that is and what's going to happen. Well... I'm going to take notes, just in case. Oh, well, good, good, good. Think about it. There are tons and tons of stories about Texas mm -hmm. that are written by Texans. Whoa, yes. Yeah. And it's one of the, the main things that Texas folks like to do. Tell stories? Talk. Oh, talk. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and somehow or other, that spins into a weave, and a weave spins into a rhyme, and a rhyme spins into a story. Oh, Sala, it does. And you know, the thing, uh, Terry, when I was looking at storytellers, I looked it up because I came from a time when uh, my mom would not let us say, oh, you're a liar. That was a horrible thing to say, but we could say, you're a storyteller. Mom, Jill told a story, and that's bad. And I looked up the word a storyteller, and it is one word. And it said, say, you know, there, it's a narrative about events or whatever, and then said it also, a storyteller is a fabulist. Oh, I love that word. Isn't that F-A-B-U-L-I-S-T, I think it is, fabulist. And uh, I, I think it's coming from the word fable. In other words, stories are, that we've seen, that we're, we've been looking at, some of them are completely false, and some of them are true, and most of them have a little bit of both in them. And it's, uh, uh, for example, the name we've got here, Terry, uh, Texas Storytellers. Like, when I came up with an idea, I said it should have the word script in it, Texas script something or other. And uh, Justin, the producer, and Terry said, Mark, uh, see, that doesn't make sense. We don't know if we're... Uh, writing or looking for plays or whatever, and why don't we just call us what we are, Texas Storytellers? And I said, well, okay. Now, what I just told you has some fact in it, but there's some parts of it that are, you know, embellished a bit. That's or fabricated. A story. Yeah, and fabricated, too. I, I do that a lot, Terry. Uh, you know, right now, I think the thing people want to know most about is, uh, do I need to keep watching this? Well, yes, you do. The other is, who are you? Well, picture this. I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to tell you this way in a little bit of a story. Whoa, I like it. I, um, by profession, am a teacher. And I like to call my, myself an educational coach. Get out of here. I know I'm going to write that one down. I, I, just, I just think that that encompasses everything that I do. Um, How long have you been doing this? Oh, I've been doing it a long time, long. decades. But I, but I started teaching, and uh, I went to college in New York. What college? Well, I don't think you'd ever find it. It's Juville College. Juville? Yeah, that Juville. That's okay. What's your mascot? <laughs> That's okay, Terry. Don't tell me. Okay. Uh... It was probably a nun. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Catholic girls' school. I see, yeah. And a ruler was your, yeah, your staff. Yeah, no, well. I don't, you know, I learned an awful lot from those, those ladies. In any case, at some point in the late 70s, I moved to Texas. 
I'd been teaching eight years already. When I moved to Texas, I found out, well, your degree is perfect for mm-hmm. here. Certification was awesome, mm-hmm. but I'd had to do one thing. That? Take Texas history. Oh, my word. But let me ask you this before you get too far, and you might want to tell it later. I don't know. Uh, what got you to Texas? There was um, this oil boom in I've Texas. Yes. Have, have you heard of that? Yeah, this must have been, say, in 1990-something. Uh, Go ahead. No, actually, it was in the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Terry. Just trying in to any case, um, my uh, ex-husband... Uh, came for a job, well, and a I followed because what choice did I have? So I took Texas history. I learned all kinds of things about Texas, and I found myself doing that same thing everywhere I went. Hmm. So that's just a little bit about me. You can find out about more about me as you watch more episodes. <clears throat> How about you? Uh. There is, no, there is, <laughs> that's too long. And I uh, would like to say I was the first hater. There's seven of us, seven children uh, born in Texas. I was the first, I was the fifth. And uh, the story of um, how we got here, uh, uh, Terry's allowed me to read a, a little article I wrote about Father's Day, and later it'll explain how we got here. But uh came here, I was born here, went to Pasadena High School, not in California, but in uh, uh, Texas, South Texas, close to Houston. And uh, Terry, let me tell you this story that is fascinating, uh, and I'm telling it just because it's true, and uh, we're storytellers. And it's about how I got here and all. I mean, I'm from Pasadena, how the Sam Hill. So bear with me, Terry, and I'll shut up in a minute. Uh, when I was in high school, testing high school, I took a sociology class and the teacher was uh, Mr. Maddox. Loved Mr. Maddox. He was a, the, one of the first normal persons uh, teaching that I, I ever had. And one day he got out some uh, index cards. He passed them around to everybody and said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down what it is you would like to be doing when you grow up. In other words, what career ideas do you have? And I'm a senior in high school. And Terry, I don't have a clue. I really don't at the time. And, uh, you know, I was going to go to college, and I sit there, and I said, I don't know. And everybody's writing down, you know, chemical engineer, all this stuff. And I, I put down, um, either want to be a cowboy or a forest ranger. As a joke, the next day, Mr. Massey reads these things out, Terry, and he's reading about Burgess Trank wants to be a chemical engineer. That's great. Where do you go to school to do that and all that? And all this brain surgeon and all this. And he got to Mark Hader, and I said, don't read it. You know, I didn't say, but I said, please don't read it. He said, Mark Hader wants to be a forest ranger. And, you know, and all of a sudden the class goes, wow, I never thought of that, a forest ranger. And so uh, uh, where do you go to school for that, Mark? Uh, I'm not sure right now, but I ended up at Stephen F. Austin University majoring in forestry because of a dadgum index card. And from there, I eventually ended up in Conroe working for District 6 Texas Forest Service. And that's how I got to this location. I had no idea. It's fascinating, Terry, simply fascinating. But like you, I'm... Quit that, became a teacher after a while, and uh, taught for a while at McCullough and at uh, Oak Ridge for a good while. What subject did you teach? I taught, uh, oddly enough, (laughs) when I started, I almost quit because they gave me, McCullough was not a a high school as such yet. Well, it had uh, 
uh, grades all the way up to 10th, my understanding was. And the other uh, students who were juniors and seniors went to Conroe High because McCullough was not uh, a high school at that time, and they just waited until each class grew up. Well, I first taught 7th grade and 8th grade, and I hated it because... Terry, uh, people in junior high are strange. I don't know if you've... Um, I, I've encountered that, you, that strangeness. Times? Yes, just and, a couple of times. And they said, Mark, you're going to be teaching Texas history and American history, early American. I had taken one course in Texas history. And so speaking of learning stuff, I had to learn a great deal about Texas history. But mm-hmm. later I got into teaching uh, seniors, government, economics, and uh, American history, recent, and the whole gamut of social studies. I, I really enjoyed it. Well, that we have that in common because uh, uh, I help kids get their GED. I've been doing that. The, this is kind of the end of a career. Mm-hmm. But I've been doing it for 15 years. And um, that's, that's basically what I teach. You teach the core subjects, but the ones that are the most difficult for kids are... Government, economics, and U.S. history. Well, I'll be. Yeah, so that's what I spend the most time on, other than math. But it's mostly that. So you use a lot of storytelling. Yeah. Now, don't don't your students, they work half the day, or am I thinking of something else? You know, I think it, there was probably a format that did that. Uh, when I was a child. But um, these days, this this is the kid that uh, either dropped out of school or has no direction or just needs something. So for approximately two to three hours a day, they uh, learn what they can to pass a test. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to pass a test, trying to pass a GED test so that they can go on with a career. And right now, that, that is one of the most vital things that a person can do if they're not in college yeah. or somewhere else. And the other thing is, and I know I'm going on, but I'm going on just for a little bit more. Do it. There are 21 certificates from the Workforce Commission that a kid can get simply by first having a GED. Whoa. Or an adult yeah. can get so if you wanted to be a welder or you didn't know what you wanted to be, so if you, if you thought, well, maybe welding, you can get that certificate. There are health care certificates. There are even um, uh, vocational certificates that, are, that could be used in a classroom, technical certificates, mm-hmm. mechanical certificates. All of those things I think we used to call trade school mm-hmm. can be done at, at our local colleges, uh, especially Lone Star and... Um, that the first step is getting that piece of paper. Well, oh, you got to have it. And one thing uh, of the billions of things I didn't know, we when I was out there in the uh, lobby, there was a, what do you call it, uh, person who uh, <laughs> takes care of gardens, yards, mows, and all of this stuff. They've got a name. A landscaper? You know, uh, Terry, that is the word I'm looking for. Oh, a landscaper. Sometimes called a land scraper by mistake. Yeah, well, but this guy—if you is, saw my lawn, you might yeah, understand that. This word. guy was out there, and uh, you know he was waiting for a bid. He gave a bid, and he's waiting for a response from whoever needs to make decisions like that in the woodlands. And uh, I started asking him about stuff and uh, how many people worked for him and all. And 
He told me that he needs a, a license to do what he does that cost $4,000. So here is a landscape guy with people working for him. He's making a bid on a, a job over there that sounded horrible to me, but he's got to pay $4,000 for a daggum license. And then he's got to, his each one person who works for him has got to have a license that doesn't cost quite that much, but they've got to go and do some training. There is a lot of uh, stuff. It's available, but uh, you got work to do. Hmm. Like you and I, we had to take courses to be a teacher. They don't just let any, well, now they, they can because you can get a teaching certificate that's, um, you know, you can be a chemist and, hey, we need chemistry teachers, so here, uh, well, take these courses. You have to have a degree first. You do. And then you go for a license. Yeah. No matter how you do it. Yeah. Oh, well. Did, did you just, uh, at the beginning of your teaching career, what was it you were teaching, though? The very beginning? Yes, ma'am. Well, I went to a, a private girls' school, so that it was kind of limited as to what you would do. So I was in elementary ed, and they started me out in kindergarten. That's beautiful. It was the first and only time in my whole entire life that I could play the piano. Oh, you smokes. I couldn't really play no. the piano, but kindergarten children didn't care. You pluck out a couple. <laughs> they are so naive. Yeah, and they're innocent. That's, uh, that's it. Uh, by the next year, I was teaching third grade and taught, taught mostly elementary for mm -hmm. a good long time. About 30 years, I taught elementary. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was uh, I got my degree, I went back for a master's in history after this forestry thing. And uh, I had to do some stu substitute teaching. And I remember substitute teaching a fifth grade class in science. They would ask me questions I, I don't know, but uh, I, you know, I would make up stuff. No, I, I just, you know, would say, hey, uh, your teacher will tell you that. In math, I couldn't pass math on a GED, I don't think. That's... The way of stuff. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, now, with respect to what we're doing now, we're just building the grounds for uh, a program. And, you know, you don't know who we are. You may know Terry. I, I'm a uh, columnist, uh, right, for the Courier and the uh, Villager. And uh, I tried to get a Villager yesterday, and they're free. They deliver them to the houses. Uh, but I don't know where you get one uh, if you just live in Conroe, and son of a gun, uh, I couldn't find it. I looked for the Woodlands, and I don't know, uh, Woodlands Villager office, they're closed till January 1st. Anyway, that in writing is, uh, what I, my column is just about family and about a lot of stuff that happens around, so that's a, a storytelling type thing mm -hmm. also. Can you work with um, uh, Players Theater and perhaps uh, Crichton Theater, you involved in both. I know every time I hear the name Terry Woods, it's, oh, and she's busy doing such and such. Why don't Sam Hill are you doing out there? <laughs> well, you have to understand, as a teacher, my forte is language arts, literature, and that, that weaves into to social studies. People tell me that when they take my uh, GED history class that it's it's like taking a drama class because you know that's oh. who I am. Um, but um, for Player Theater Company, I teach the children. Sea uh, Kids Theater School is oh, who is who I teach, and I oh. don't write for the newspaper, but I do write plays, um, uh, short composite plays that uh, 
small folks can do. Oh, neat. Um, and I've been doing that since the Owen Theater opened. I was uh, a teacher before that with, with, at the Crichton, at the Crichton Theater, and um, someday we'll tell you about these two beautiful theaters. Yes. Um, but uh, I, I think since 2010, I've been um, see kids theater school. Lovely. And we're uh, proud of you. We're not we're not the largest school in town, but we're good. Do you write uh, other than uh, plays for children and all? And you written um, other. Really? Journaling, that kind oh, of thing. Oh, man, I admire you for doing that. See, I'm uh, taking notes on your talk, and I can't even... No, journaling is, is, is pretty much what I do. I, I, um, uh, I teach now, I teach remotely. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're familiar with uh, there's senior classes connected with Lone Star through Leisure Learning, and I teach the theater class. Oh, man. To senior citizens. Son of a gun. And that we're still going. Some, we're yeah. still going because um, I uh, this summer, well, actually this spring, right after spring break, I learned a new format called Zoom. Son of a gun. I uh, bumped into that myself. Yeah. Yep. I thought it was something that had to do with baby boomers. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be Zoom. <laughs> thought we were going to be booming Zooming. Yeah. But That's in any case, it allows me to teach my classes online from my home. And uh, uh, that's pretty much what's keeping me busy in that writing. But I've known about you for a long, long time. I was trying to remember coming up here where we actually met. And I'm not sure we actually met. I think I saw you on stage. Uh, yes, I've been in a, a few plays, and they were great. And Terry, the deal is, what I discovered is it takes so much time and effort for directors, definitely, and everybody else, but to learn your lines and to uh, have rehearsals every night that I usually waited three years before <laughs> I, I auditioned <laughs> for another play because it does take a great deal of time. Uh one thing I'd like to say this about you, one reason I really like this lady, even though this is the first time we've uh, uh, worked together, and by the way, you know, next week, maybe I won't be here because of <laughs> I've been talking now, but uh, the uh, with regards to this particular show, when I knew this was going to be our first show, Terry and I didn't have a great deal of contact. She's busy as all get out. So I sat down and said, okay, it's a Texas Storyteller. So I started researching Texas Storyteller. I said, who's our audience? It's either people, some would be people that really like stories, some people like Texas history, and some are writers. Mm -hmm. And most are readers. And those are the people that scare me, Terry, the readers, because yes. they know stuff. They know stuff, and we have to make sense. You have to make sense. So I was researching Larry McMurtry, and I found the seven best authors, according to the Dallas Morning News, uh, in Texas, you know, in March of 2020. And I said, I don't even know these people. If we talk about them on the air, I'm an idiot. So I'm worried about this. How much do I do? And <laughs> I asked Terry, what do, you, what do you think? What are you thinking? And she wrote this and sent me, and I loved it, because this lady just brought me down. Uh, uh, 
she's outlined six weeks. I'm just going to mention this one. She said, talk about each other and how we got to Texas. That I can do. You know how much research I had to do for that. Yeah. Uh, it was just, yeah, it, was, uh, it sure wasn't fair. It anyway, it, uh, this, with regards to our audience, Terry, who are you thinking? I think our audience is going to end up being um, a little multi-age uh, group, probably. Old people? Yeah, them. Okay. <laughs> the Zoomer Boomers. Them, yes. Uh, and, you know, we will have, in fact, one of your uh, ideas for one of the days is to have a, uh, a uh, writer of plays, someone who wrote a play, mm-hmm. be here. And Absolutely. Read, you're going to read some of the yep. scripts and all. That yep. is super. Absolutely. So we will have people. And by the way, one thing I'm going to suggest, and uh, Justin, the producer, is sitting back there, and he may give me this, but uh, what do you think? would like to see on the show. I realize that, you know, a lot of people, if they don't get much response, one person can make, oh, we want this on and say, oh, this is what people want. Well, that's not what people want. Let's know your preference, what stories you have. We, uh, Terry knows a lot of different authors from Texas, and we can have some of them on and uh, or read some of their information or some, what they've written. And it's uh, a project in the works right now. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I thought also, and Terry put this in here that I really like. She said, um, then you, <laughs> that's me, read from your latest article. She said, from the latest article. Well, the latest article is uh, coming. Actually, I don't know when this is going to be out. Uh, this particular video, but I wrote one on uh, the 4th of July, which is coming next Sunday. Not this Sunday, people, but next Sunday. And so I wrote, do we get a preview? We Well, you, I do have it. I may give it, but uh, it's probably too much stuff. But I wanted to read this because it's about the history of how the haters got here. And oh, I know cool, a billion cool, cool. people out there are I saying... I want to know this. Please don't do this, Mark. But I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> this is from, by the way, the print section of the uh, uh, Courier. If I could get the villager, I would uh, have read it from there. You know, they do have this thing called online. Uh, they do. And, and you can get your Here's column. the killer thing. You can't get the column, but whenever you go to the Woodlands Villager about the column, it always shoots you to the courier. And uh, I oh. said, wow, so I don't know what's happening. Anyway, here it goes. The name of it is Thinking of Ferris Hater Today. Put your seatbelt on. Uh, oh, I get to take um, notes now. You bet. Father's Day snuck up on me this year. Over the last few weeks, I didn't recognize a single advertisement urging me to buy something for Father's Day. I'm not saying there weren't any ads. I just didn't recognize any. I don't get out much. Even though my dad passed away in 1980, I often think about him, and, and I'm sure you do your father. Only I doubt many of you called your dad father. Did you ever call your no, father? No, dad. dad. Dad, yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, only Jim Anderson from Father's, Father Knows Best uh, was greeted as father by his kids. Do you ever watch that, Terry? Father oh, never saw it. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, that was way before your time. Sure. Uh, personally, I just wouldn't want a father for a dad. I actually called my dad Daddy until I started college. Uh, then he uh, became Dad. His name was Ferris, an unusual spelling of an unusual name. 
I called mom mother when I was young, but later referred to her by the Comanche name Chica Chicachawa. Chicachawa, that's what it was. Translated stands with a belt. I only got three spankings from Ferris, but probably three a week from Elsie. On occasion, three a day. Without question, Dad is easier for me to write about than Mom. That that sounds weird because uh, I was so much closer to my mother uh, than my dad. While Mom screamed, spanked, and threatened us a lot, Dad never screamed or threatened. He never once told me what would happen if I disobeyed him. I just assumed he would kill me. A few months after Dad told Dennis and me not to leave our bicycles in the driveway, he came home from work to find Dennis's bike blocking his path to the garage. Well, when Dad came into the kitchen, he slapped his lunchbox on the table and got after me for leaving my bicycle on the driveway. I was surprised that uh, he didn't even recognize that uh, it wasn't my bicycle. I mean, the man put it together himself. Anyway, I I thought he should have known that, and after all, he's uh, the one who put it together, like I said. Regardless, Dad had established that it was my bike, and he was obviously not in a mood to be challenged. I was almost certain he was going to whip me, so I tried unsuccessfully to hold back my tears while apologizing and promising never to do it again. I don't know if uh, it was the tears that uh, calmed him down or what, but he said okay and left it at that. In truth, uh, I wasn't afraid of getting whipped by my dad, and that's not what set me off. It was a realization that he was disappointed in me for something Dennis had done. I always wanted to please that man, but have little recollection of ever doing that. Here's comes to some of the historic things about how we get there, and uh, just uh, slap me in any minute, and I'll stop this thing. I should mention that Ferris Hader was an only child. When he was about six, his mother, Pearl, left. Uh, apparently, she did not enjoy the thought of being poor. Who does? So dad was raised by his dad, by his dad, with some help from his dad's old maid sister, Aunt Mary. I didn't know that old, what old maid meant, but I assumed it was an honorable title because Aunt Mary was so sweet to us when we visited. During the Great Depression, Grandpa Ed uh, was a sharecropper uh, on an elderly woman's farm. Dad was 12 at the beginning of the Depression and helped Grandpa on the farm. About six years later, Dad met Elsie Teagarden, the finest woman in the history of womandom. Your mom pretty fine? Oh. Oh, wasn't she sweet? She was awesome. Uh, they, they all are. You need to tell us about that. Um, the two of them raised seven kids with whatever money Dad could bring home. The only job Ferris ever enjoyed was being the joint owner of 390 Well Service. This is almost over. But this is so important because this story put me in Texas. Uh, well Service Company. Uh, his old business card is in a frame to my left, and it was. It's just... Oh, by the way, 390 was not only the name of the company, but the company's phone number. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good idea. Your phone number 390 back then. I told you a couple of times how Dad lost his share in the company as a result of a coin toss. A coin toss that caused Dad to bring the family to Texas, where their fifth child was born. By the way, he's the guy writing this thing. Along with his brief stint as a business owner, Dad was a roughneck, a carpenter, and a craftsman. He was a stillman in a refinery up until the time he retired in 79. I wish I had known what a stillman was because in elementary school, when the teacher asked me what my dad did, I I could have said, my daddy runs uh, one of the units at the uh, catalytic cracking structure that breaks up crude oil into different petroleum products. 
but all I knew was that he worked at the Cap Cracker at Crown Refinery. Told the story several times about Dad making a desk, but I think I'll share the abbreviated portion right now. It was back in 72, Terry, when I decided to quit my job as a forester and go back to college to get a degree in history so I could be a teacher. Some family members thought it stupid to give me a job as an outdoorsman, I mean to quit a job as an outdoorsman, just so I could stand in front of a bunch of kids in a classroom. Well, I just started college at Sam Houston State when Kay and I uh, came back one weekend to Pasadena to see our parents. After hugging Mom and greeting Dad, I was escorted into the garage where I saw what Dad had built for me. He said, well, since you were going back to college, I thought you might need a desk. Aww. While I was proud of the desk, I was especially proud. By returning to school, uh, it had met with uh, Dad's approval. It was also the beginning of the time uh, that I would start hugging my dad. And that thought does bring a, a tear to my eye. Uh, wow. Parents, well, they, I think they know how important they are. Parenting has changed over the years, but uh, our stories like that are different. I got uh, letters from a few people, emails about my relationship with my dad was the same thing. I was scared to death of him. I wanted to please him, but... Uh, you know, I love him dearly. And that's, I think, a sign of the times. A lot of dads were like that back then. I don't know how I can say that because on TV you had... Uh, we did have fathers know, father knows best. Bieber, uh, leave it to Bieber. Ward Cleaver was not the sweetest guy, yes. I think. Yes. But that's all part of history. What I just read you was a, a piece of a, uh, the history of family and interesting or not whatever it is a story and it's uh, and this is one of those stories it is true and uh, anyway that's some of what our show will be about the stories we'll find we'll read terry's a wonderful reader better than uh, uncle mark but uh oh my gosh uh, we'll, that was wonderful well, i i so i enjoyed that and i, and I loved the the way that you wove in this is my father and this is our history that, yeah. that was really cool. Well, you're, <laughs> thank you so much. You're very kind, Terry. Anyway, so uh, next week, let's see what, uh, ooh. next week you've got down. Should I read what we're doing? Or you yeah, go ahead. Let me know. What are we doing? Okay, uh, Terry, uh, this thing broke. I don't normally do this, and no one cares, but I got um, cataract surgery. I used to wear glasses, and I just oh. kept them on. got cataract surgery, and now I can see from a distance, and my old glasses don't work. I can't read to save my buns, so I have to keep this, and I keep loosening them, so I'm Isn't that fascinating? Tomorrow, actually next time, Terry, next time, I don't know when it's going to be, learning about Texas, we both had to learn new things, and we came here, and I had to take Texas history, and then we're going to uh, talk about some stories uh, by a historian that wrote several, 40-something books, and one of them was about the stories from Texas, and... You know, he doesn't just say, here's a story about the Alamo. We know that. He doesn't just say, here's a story of such and such uh, Indian attack. He tells things that, even though I studied some Texas history, I didn't know about. And he does it so well. And uh, we'll be looking at some of his stories uh, next time. Um, and, of course, other things that come up. And one of the problems you'll, you see that I have now is... Um, as a teacher and as in this show, 
when silence happens, I have to talk. And so from now on, Terry, just keep talking and I will shut up. If there's something about, okay, we're quiet, something's got to be said. Just say goodbye, Mark. I can do that. I can. Ladies and gentlemen, goodbye. Mark Hader, Texas Storytellers. Terry Woods, Texas Storytellers. See you next time. You betcha.